Happy Friday to all. PIJ Manigo here with the Spartan Dog Podcast. I know it's been a minute since we've been on the show and had you guys around, but I apologize for that. Um, but I hope you guys had a blessed week and a successful week and a productive week and everything went well. Um, kind of felt like the week dragged a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It felt like a draggy, slow pace kind of week, but we made it to Friday. And most importantly, the weather looks like it's actually warming up a little bit. So it looks like things are looking up weather-wise, and it's Friday, so I can definitely celebrate that. And I hope you guys have a, a lot more than that to celebrate about your week and that you got a lot done. But getting into the, the show, big, big week for Michigan State basketball. And the fans, just Spartan Nation, just a big week for us. Uh, big win over Illinois. <laughs> kind of bruised um, Io a little bit. Hopefully he's okay and he's doing right and everything's healthy with his process and healing, but crazy win against Illinois, uh, just an aggressive, hardcore line win against Illinois. And then Ohio State, that was just a bruiser, tank, battle of the bulge kind of war. You know, it was a battle in there. Didn't like the ticky-tack calls. I felt like the refs were a little bit indecisive on how they wanted to call the game. And that's what led to the fans and coaches kind of both complaining about the calls. I felt like the refs were – too flippy floppy on if they wanted to let it be called aggressive or let it be called lax. You know, I felt like they were kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit on those calls. But at the end of the day, you know, it's Big Ten basketball. For basketball fans out there that watch Big Ten ball a lot and consistently, you guys all understand that that's how the game is played. You know, you got to either you got to either be aggressive or you get guys fouled out. I mean, that's how it is in the game. You the refs either let it go or they call it very, very strict. Those are the two kind of calls you're going to get in Big Ten basketball. There is really no middle ground. But I feel like yesterday they tried to go middle ground. It just, it just, as you saw with Chris Holtman, it just pissed people off. But as for the overall game, both sides played well. You know, this isn't really a game to where Ohio State needs to hold their heads low or anything like that. It was this was just a pride Big Ten game that just really put the Big Ten on the map and showed this is what basketball we have. Even when we're playing unranked teams, we care, you know. Um, just really, really showed how deep the Big Ten is and how great we can be when we're really, really playing at our best. As for Michigan State, you know, I don't want to just come with the base shout out to you know Aaron Henry. You know, I don't want to come with the generic it's Izzo season approach. I want to come with a different approach. And the age of social media, I think it's just so easy for us to target players, for us to just get on our computer and say, oh, Thomas Kithier sucks. Thomas Kithier shouldn't be at Michigan State. And I'm not trying to act like a saint. I've done it too. <laughs> I'm sure if you pull up PIJ Manigo on Twitter, you'll definitely see me talking my ish on players. But the older you get and the more you see other people do it at a way more aggressive rate, you kind of start to see like, I need to check myself. So I'm not trying to call out any fans or anything like that, but I'm just saying – Shout out to Thomas Kithier. Shout out to Rocket Watts. Shout out to, you know, Josh Langford and Foster Lawyer and all those guys that took a lot of ridicule. And even, oh, God, what's his name? Joey Hauser. Shout out to all those guys that are just, you know, that took a lot of social media ridicule, got beat down on social media, just constantly just, you know, this guy shouldn't be here. This guy sucks. Why is he on our team? Dan Fife gets soft people in the paint. I just want to like magnify that everybody did their job yesterday. I mean, I could go down the entire roster and tell you what they did, how they helped, and how they put it into the game to help attribute to that win. From the top, I'll go Foster Lawyer. 
Foster Lawyer didn't even play, but he was on the bench just navigating and helping those younger guys like A.J. Hoggard feel comfortable in their role, telling them where to be, telling them where to go, telling them how to get there. And even Tom Izzo himself gave Lawyer credit for his coaching, you know, and I don't think that's just him trying to just, yeah, good job, Lawyer, you know, give him his, give him a cookie. I think he really was proud of the coaching. You could see it. If you watch the game, if you look on the bench, Foster Lawyer was coaching those guys up. And then you had guys like, um, you know, you had guys like Joey Hauser, who's been struggling, you know, who came to Michigan State. And in his mind, I'm sure he thought he was going to be a lot better. In his mind, I'm sure he thought he was going to be, you know, way more productive than he is right now. In his mind. I'm not saying he's not productive. I think he's actually good. He just needs to be more confident. I just think he needs to get off social media, get out, get out of his own head and just play basketball. Joey Hauser in, in the last two games has made big shots that has turned the game. And it's not like, oh, he made a layup. He made cold-blooded threes at clutch times that you're like, wow, he made that after the way he's been playing and after everything that's been going on mentally for him and everything that he's been hearing on the outside. He actually just made that and locked down. Even what goes on during the game, Hauser will struggle all game, but somehow when that time comes, he makes that shot. Next example, Josh Langford. He struggled on offense for a long period of time. He was in foul trouble and then could even make a bucket in the first half for most of that game. He was still doing well on defense. That block on Kyle Aarons, not Kyle Aarons, geez, um, his brother Aarons, that was a big block. That was uh, damn near like LeBron in the finals. That block on the Cavs he had against the Warriors. It was a big block. It was a momentum shift, and it, it was something that propelled Michigan State. Another example, Rocket Watts struggled on offense but did his best on defense. He, he really struggled on offense. He was really, really forcing that ball in there on offense. But, again, he, he helped out on defense, and everyone did their job. And Thomas Kithier, this guy is a guy that, you know, he takes a lot, a lot of ridicule on social media. He gets beat down a lot. This guy did his job yesterday. And I know in the midst of in the midst of success, in the midst of getting what we want, sometimes we, we miss those little details of what they did to help. You know, it happens in life. It happens in everything. You know, when things go well, everything's great. When things go bad, we just don't like that person. Things went well yesterday. And Thomas Kithier got some vital rebounds. He did some big things that helped us win. And I think that's what coaches see in him. He knows where to be. He knows what to do. And he plays, he plays aggressive. He doesn't play soft. Like the announcer said it, like Kithier, Kithier is all up on you. I felt honored for, and our big guys should feel honored that we got compared to the bad boy Pistons yesterday. I mean, that's an honor to be from what you hear on social media about, about you and what you see about you. And to be compared to the bad boy Pistons defensively, how you guys came out the last few weeks and be compared to the Pistons, so on and so forth, that's just that's an honor to have. And that's something that they should be happy about and take it and run. I'm very, very proud of the Spartan basketball team, and I hope they can keep this momentum going well in the March. Hopefully that's how it goes, honestly, because, you know, I don't know what we're going to do in March Madness. <laughs> I'm this, this isn't like other years to where I can say, you know, we should at least make the Elite Eight. I'm just happy we're going to be there, possibly. I'm happy that we have a very, very good chance to go. So I'm thankful for that, and, you know, hopefully we can make it in there. So basketball has been a, been a very, very good thing. And last thing for basketball here, last thing I want to say about basketball is I think Michigan State will get in, though. I, th I think we will. And why is 
I think there's this thing called prestige, prestige push. It's in a lot of sports. It's like, you know, we have it in NFL, not so much, eh, not so much the NFL, but we have it in college football a lot. What is prestige push? I'll give you 10 seconds. So, you know, come up with your own opinion about it. All right. So prestige push in my world is prestige push is so say a team like I forget the season. Oh, Ohio State lost to Penn State. Penn State was Big Ten champions. They beat Ohio State and were Big Ten champions. Ohio State still made the college football playoffs. In my world, that is prestige push. Now, let me break it down. Now, I'm not just going to give you that example and not break it down. To break down the prestige push, the prestige push is Ohio State wasn't the Big Ten champion. And in most times in the college football world, the big the, the conference champion makes the college football playoff. If you're not a conference champion, you better be really, really good. Ohio State wasn't really, really good that year. They were good, but they weren't Ohio State good now to where we're like, they will beat you down. And another thing was they lost to Penn State. Like that was one of those games where it was like you went in, you knew that if Ohio State lost that game, whoever lost that game was out. I'm not going to get into the whole Ohio State spiel. I'm just giving you a scenario to compare to prestige push. Ohio State ended up making the college football playoff that year. And the explanation for them making it over Penn State was simply we felt Ohio State was the better team. But in all actuality, let's be honest, Ohio State brings in more money. Everybody wants to watch Urban Meyer. And Ohio State is a more prestigious program. And I think once you turn the dial over to college basketball now, put your mind in the college basketball world now. Tom Izzo is Mr. March Madness. March doesn't revolve around Izzo, but people expect to see Izzo in March. Izzo's a ticket. Izzo's a money grab. He might not be like a big like Urban Meyer money grab because it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not just four games and boom, you're there. But Izzo is a primetime grab, meaning when you see Izzo's face, you want to watch the game. When you see Coach K's face, you want to watch that game. When you see all these kind of coaches, you're curious and you think, you know, it's in the college basketball world because there's dynamics to it. College basketball primetime is not the same as college football primetime. I'm sure you all know that. But what I'm saying is in the sense of getting there, in the sense of how it's advertised, Izzo is a primetime big money-making guy. I don't see them leaving Michigan State out, a prestigious March Madness program with a prestigious elite top three coach. I don't see them leaving Michigan State out, especially if we win out. So to wrap up my point, Michigan State has to win out. Not every game, but they have to win. They have to beat Indiana. They have to beat Maryland. I don't think you have to beat Michigan once, but it would be really, really nice if you can beat Michigan once. And then when maybe one or two conference championship tournament games, Michigan State will be in March. No doubt about it. So that's my little prediction for Michigan State. Basketball, at least, you know, where, where we can be at in the basketball world of it. Now I want to shift over to football because that's really what this show's about. You know, I feel like there's so many Michigan State basketball podcasts out there. Shout out to like Spartan Hoops and all those other places that give you guys great information you know they do great things so i let them do their thing spartan football though is really really what i'm excited about you know i i love spartan football last year obviously was a struggle i'm not going to get too deep into last year that's a different show i don't want to you know go on a rant here will we will talk about spartan football last year 
in a, in a later episode. But I want to talk about a little bit of this year, you know, just a teaser for the future. First of all, Spartan Dog Podcast is going to be going a lot harder for football season, you know, just because that's really what we talk about. Football is really our topic. So expect highlight videos, expect a lot more stuff from the football realm from Spartan Dog Podcast coming in the future. Again, it's not that we don't care about basketball. It's just there's a lot, a lot of people out there that bring out great information about Spartan basketball. There's Spartan Hoops podcast. There's just a lot of stuff out there that brings out that great information already about basketball. So, you know, I don't want to be redundant. I'm not a big fan of redundancy, anything like that. But as far as football, let's just get into that really fast. I'm a big fan of Mel Tucker. I'm sure if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, you've you've heard it. I'm a big fan of Mel Tucker. I'm a big fan of what he provides to Michigan State. I'm a checklist kind of guy. You know, I'm not just a what can you do right now guy. I'm a checklist kind of guy. I'm a guy that I believe that everything has a process. You know, life has a process. You know, anything you do in life has a process to it. Anything that happens on the field has a process to it in sports. I was a D3 football player. I won't even say I played. I was on a team. But watching people play and watching, you know, athletes, people who love the game and their process in it and how they work in it, there's a process to it. And so back to Mel Tucker, there's a checklist process that I have in my head to judging a coach. And so far, Mel Tucker's checked off all of my my boxes so far. Let me give you my boxes. And, you know, if you don't agree, that's totally fine. My boxes for year one for Mel Tucker was, can you recruit based off of what D'Antonio brought in? D'Antonio was a elite, iconic coach. But but at one time, just like with other coaches, he got old. Times changed. We kept him just a little too long. Times changed. D'Antonio, you know, he couldn't keep up with the recruiting thing. So we had to, you know, flip the script. My first goal, my first judge for Mel Tucker was, can he evolve our recruiting? This isn't a beat down Mark D'Antonio kind of thing. I think we're past that. The smoke is cleared. He was a great coach. He did everything he could for us. He just, you know, times changed. That's simply all it was. Times change. Like, things change and times change. I mean, come on, guys. Les Miles didn't even look that competent for Kansas. Like, Les Miles isn't even in the game still. Can't recruit the same like he used to. Can't bring in talent like he could at LSU. Granted, I get it's Kansas. But Les Miles used to be that guy that could walk into your living room and get the kid. So, times change. And I think times change with with Mark D'Antonio. And so my first judgment for him was, how can Mel Tucker bring in talent? Can he bring in talent? And I think, yes, he has. Granted, our recruiting rankings, will it'll fluster. If you go to rivals, we'll be top 30. If you go to 24-7, we'll be bottom 44, bottom 45. So it just depends on where you go and where you look. But me, stars don't mean anything really to me. I mean, Julian Barnett was a five-star guy, four-star guy, four-star guy and again not to hate on the kid or anything like that it just didn't pan out that way same for the same for Devonte dobbs same for a lot of guys and he, in my world even malik mcdowell in the past was a high five-star kid and it didn't quite work out the way it was supposed to so like we see this throughout sports a lot tate martell everything where those stars really don't tell the full tape of the guy so i don't let stars get me what I do look at is the region they come from, the high schools they play at, and the size. You know, I think the size is the biggest thing. 
and I'm not trying to sound generic again, but we are we have sized up, and we're bringing in talent. So for me, the first box that Mel Tucker checks was bringing in talent. That has been checked. The second box he checked in for me was, do we look different? Are we a different Michigan State team? Are we still running jet sweeps to the short side? Are we still not aggressively recruiting players? Are we still just passively saying, you know, if they don't if they don't have a 4.0 GPA, they can't come here? Are we are we really trying to win football games or are we trying to be, you know, a rehabilitation center for kids' lives? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in as in the world of football, you have to be worried about football. If you're trying to be a winning program, look guys, there's no coincidence here with it. It's not a coincidence that schools like Bama, schools like Ohio State, schools like Clemson care about football only, really, and their programs are elite at it. I'm not saying Ohio State doesn't care about off-field issues. I'm not saying Clemson doesn't care about off-field issues. And I'm not saying Bama doesn't care about off-field issues. But what I am saying is, let's just say Ohio, those schools emphasize more on getting on the field. How can we get you in the field but also get you in the classroom? Let's just say if Ohio State has a five-star kid walk onto their campus and he has a 2.1 GPA, Ohio State is more so going to say, you know what, let's let's get you here first and let's worry about getting you in the classroom later. More so than the old school Michigan State approach was, was, well, this guy has bad grades. He might have bad character. Let's not bring him here. That's where I think Michigan State kind of fell off. We kind of we tried to we kind of tried to play the judge and the jury and still try to have talent. Like you have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You either have to pick the guy or pick the talent and, you know, go from there. But Mel Tucker, I think he's more so trying to do the both way. He's going down that winning coach mentality of let's get you here first and then give you every resource you need to be successful after that. And I think that's looking good for Michigan State. And the next thing for Michigan State that is really getting me excited for him is just the transfer portal. I love that Mel Tucker is an ex-NFL coach. I do. Because the the, the, the the transfer portal is literally like the free agency. You talk to a player, he tells you if he wants to come there or not. The transfer portal is literally like a free agency pool. And we went in there and we got Anthony Russo. We got Kenneth Walker. We got... Harold Joyner, who I apparently might not start till the or come into the summertime. Hopefully he get, he comes to the campus. But Michigan State has some guys on offense. And we just got a really good uh high-end recruit from Louisiana and Keon Coleman. So Michigan State's offense is going to be jumped up. And so for me, I'm very excited. I'm really, really excited. Cause let me put it in perspective like this. I'm not again, I'm not gonna go on a Spartan rant today. Um, next show, we'll definitely dive into Michigan State football and the future of that more. But I just wanted to give you guys a little taste of, you know, how I feel about Spartan football. Maybe get you guys as excited as I am. If you look at our schedule next year and you look at our talent we have on our roster, Michigan State could, could, possible C and could, could maybe go 500. And I get it. That's not great. That's not something you should be excited about. But for Michigan State and the Big Ten, that's a pretty good thing to be, your second year in. So let me tell you what that means. 500 means we can lose to Ohio State. We can lose to Penn State. We can maybe even lose to Michigan. We can lose to Illinois. 
and we can maybe lose to one more game, and that's five losses we can have, and we can still end out the year pretty solid. And those losses aren't signed, sealed, delivered. I think Michigan State can still beat Michigan next year. I think we can. I think Michigan State can beat Indiana next year. I think Penn State, Ohio State, that's more of an uphill kind of climb. That's more of a different talk. We got to slow down, pump the brakes on that one. But the Indianas, the Michigans who we beat last year with Rocky Lombardi, Indiana who, I mean, they had a good year last year. I'm not going to call it a mirage. I'm not going to say they're, you know, they're a one-hit wonder. I'm not going to call them Duran Duran. But I am going to say I need to see a little bit more. I mean, the last two years they've been great. But can can our program stay consistent? Minnesota wasn't last year. So I just want to make sure that Indiana is, you know, is who they really are. But Michigan State has some winnable games, and we have talent. Our issue last year was our offense, really. Our defense was bad at times. It was iffy at times, but that was more so learning a new scheme than it was talent. I don't think it was talent that caused our defense to be lackluster at times. I think it was just so we didn't know where to be at the holes. Guys didn't know where to show up at, so on and so forth. I think for this year, I think you give them a full offseason a full weight room time, a full time to actually study, get practice being in those spots, have those situations to be there. The defense will be back to where they need to be. Offensively, though, was a huge problem. A huge problem. Running backs, again, I'm not here to target anybody. I'm not saying anyone's, you know, this or that. I felt like Connor Hayward. And at this point, look, maybe we are all wrong because that's now two coaches that have said Connor Hayward's a starting back. He started under the D'Antonio regime, and he pretty much started for a second under Mel Tucker. So there is talent with Connor Hayward. There is talent there. I think there's there's no reason to say there's not anymore. There's talent there. I just got to see where he fits next season. But the running back room is deep. Like I said, Kenneth Walker, Harold Joyner, Elijah Collins, hopefully he comes back. And looks better. Maybe he was hurt last year. I'm not sure. And then you have guys like um, Connor Hayward there. So the offense is going to be, the running game is going to be better. The receiving core is going to be a, is going to be the same, if not better. And then we have a better quarterback. So for me, I think we have everything we need to move forward. Again, we'll go in details next show because I don't want to, you know, talk you guys this ear off today about that, but. The future is bright for Michigan State. I don't think we're at rock bottom to where we're like, well, let's just hope we compete next year. I think we're finally at compete level. Now it's can we actually bring out the results? We have to be a results-based team now. We can we have guys offensively and defensively. We have guys, we have transfers that came in and we're not done yet. So there's more that are probably going to come. And there's some guys that are from like D2 schools. I'm not a D2 guy hater. I'm not a JUCO or a D2 hater. There's talent in those positions. And if you're if you're coached up right, if you're coached up well, anyone can succeed at any level if you're coached up well and do what you have to do. So there's other guys that we haven't even really seen advertised that have been dropping in and stuff on preferred as preferred walk-ons that might have to earn their spot but could still ball out. So Michigan State's having a full rebuild. So I'm I'm excited to see where it turns up. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um But thank you guys so much for listening to this show. We're going to wrap it up here, let you guys get back to your Friday. But thank you so much for listening to Spartan Dog Podcast. Again, I apologize. It's been a while since I've been on with it. 
I was just behind the scenes trying to perfect the art and give you guys a product that was great to listen to and connected to you on all levels. But thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to it today. Have a blessed weekend. Have a fun weekend. And get ready for next week to have a productive next week. Chase goals, attack dreams, and build your foundation. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. Go green, go white.